Thank you for listening to the Calvary Chapel Lubbock podcast with our senior pastor, Ben Martinez. Don't forget to check out our website at calvarychapellubbock.church. There you'll find a lot more about our mission to love God, love people, and live radically. Now here's Pastor Ben. So during our introduction, you guys understand, when we, when we looked at the introduction, Matthew is portraying Jesus as King Jesus. And in our introduction, we get to meet a very, if you will, important person. None other than Jesus' cousin, this would be John. No, 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 not the author John, not the disciple John. This would be John. And John was the one, check it out, he was baptizing people in the Jordan River. Now, that's going to be important as we study our text, okay? Because because there's you, you have to know the Jewish mindset. You guys with me? Okay? Now, many know him as John the Baptist. But I think a better title for him, and I like to use this, is, is, is I call him John the Baptizer. John the Baptizer. Listen, because he wasn't from a Baptist denomination, okay? But he was baptizing, now listen, people unto repentance. That was his baptism, unto repentance. Now, to you and I, we're, we're baptized into Jesus' name, but this is a little bit different baptism. And it's so important to understand because Jesus is going to come on the scene. Now, in order for you and I to get a better understanding about John the Baptizer's message, we have to get a good feel for who he was. Okay? Who he was. So what Matthew does is he says, hey, in my introduction, I want to introduce you and I want to, I want to introduce you to a fellow by the name of John and I want to introduce you to his ministry, his ministry. So here's what we need to understand. If we were to look at chapter 3, 1 through 12, you and I would conclude that Jesus got baptized. But we'd walk away and say, I'm not sure why. I'm not sure what that means. I guess he did it. Okay? And then at quick read, we'd be done and we'd move on to something else. But but but, but guys, it's it's just so, so, so much deeper. This morning, guys, we're going to take a quick look at the person of John the Baptizer, and honestly, we can glean, guys, some great application to his character. And that's what God wants to develop in you, his character. Okay? And then we're going to look at the message he's preaching. Now, when I think of John the Baptist or John the Baptizer, when you think of that, what what comes to mind? Well, Pastor Ben, to be honest with you, some would say he's a crazy person who dresses really weird, right? Well, I think we're all crazy and we all dress really weird. But this, no, this dude is, this dude is cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs weird. Okay? And, 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 and that's what we would think. Or others would say, no, 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 he's a bug-eating eccentric. He's just a weird, he's just crazy. If you and I were to hear about this guy who was eating bugs and, and, and dressed in camel's hair, we'd be like, that dude, did you see that dude? He was riding the bike down by past Market Street. This guy's crazy. That's what we would think, right? This is what you think. Or some people think, no, 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 he's just an Old Testament prophet. He got caught up back in the 60s. You know what I'm saying? He never left it. And some people would actually call him a hippie, right? Can you imagine meeting John there at Walmart? He's got bugs in his beard. Hey, you got a bug there. Oh, sorry. <clears throat> Thank you. 
Right? I mean, this is what we think of John. Right? But what does the Bible really say about John? Well, the first thing we need to do is we need to see that John was actually prophesied in the Old Testament. Now, here's why I tell you this, guys. It's so important that you and I realize and we don't negate the Old Testament. Okay? There are preachers today that says, listen, we're New Covenant people. Don't even worry about the Old Covenant. Because a lot of the things in the Old Covenant don't really pertain to us. A lot of it is true. They don't pertain to us personally because we're not Jewish and it was dealing with Jewish people. But there's a lot of application to help us grow. So when we come, we teach Old Testament, we teach New Testament. So the first thing we see is Malachi chapter 3 verse 1 is talking about John the Baptist. He says this, Behold, I send my messenger, and he will prepare the way before me. And the Lord whom you seek will suddenly come to his temple, even the messenger of the covenant in whom you delight. Behold, he's coming, says the Lord of hosts. Your attention, please. The first thing we see about John the baptizer, guys, if you're taking note, is he will be the messenger. He will be the messenger, and he's going to prepare the way before Jesus. This is where he's going to be. That's who he is. Now, a beautiful characteristic that we can pull from John the baptizer is we too, listen, are called to be messengers. This is what God calls us to do. Pastor, I'm not sure what my ministry is. Your ministry is to be what? A messenger. A messenger. Okay? We are to be, we are to be preparing the way of Jesus into the hearts of people. Now here's what you need to understand. God places you in situations, in jobs, in, in, in all kinds of different environments so that you can be a message to a people who may not show up to church. Who may not even don the doors of church. God's gonna put you and you're like, I don't know why I'm here. I don't know why I'm, I'm in this situation. I'm talking to a homie. That's, that's, uh, Hebrew for disciple. I'm talking to a homie and he's, and I say, hey, listen, I'm gonna tell you. And, and again, think about it. This is what God does. He's called us to be messengers. Can I get an amen? amen. Okay? A messenger. Preparing the hearts of the people to Jesus. Now, guys, the best way, the best way to be a messenger, you ready? is the way we live. Oh, wait a minute, Pastor. Don't step on my toes. It's a holiday. Don't step on my toes. No, no, no. Think about it, guys. People will read our lives and how we behave. You see, sometimes we think to be a messenger, we're speaking, we're talking, we're talking all the time. Hey, how you doing? Let me tell you. And I'm going to preach you. Hey, that's a Bible study time. No, no, no. People will watch how you react in certain situations. Did he get angry? Did he, what's that term? Flip out. Did he lose it? No, no, no. This is the best way to be a messenger, guys, by the way we live. And what the Word of God declares to you and I, guys, is that we should be an example of Christ in a very dark world. We should be that example. Let me ask you a question. How's it going? How's it going? You go, well, why? Because here's why. Listen, when you proclaim to be a Christian and you live a different lifestyle, guess what? You're actually thwarting the plans of God versus moving them forward. 
Guys, listen. Do you remember Peter? Uh, listen, after I've been in heaven for a while, I want to hang out with Peter for a little bit, okay? Because while I was reading the Bible the other day, if you're reading the one-year Bible, you realize what Peter did, right? They've come to arrest Jesus in the garden, okay? And I've been to the garden. But what does Peter do? Here's the whole Roman army. Jesus says, hey, who are you seeking? And, and they're like, Jesus of Nazareth. He goes, here I am. I'm he. And they all fall down. And then they get back up and he goes, hey, who are you looking for? Well, Jesus of Nazareth. He goes, I'm he. I told you. Right? That's, that's the fun part. But Peter takes out his sword and he tries to cut off somebody's head. And I'm thinking, Pete, you're going to fight the whole Roman army with a little sword? But what I understood is that it, he probably picked out the high priest's servant, so he probably picked out the littlest dude and went, come here. And Jesus said, dude, he said, Jesus, said, put your sword back. Put your sword back. He says, you're, you're trying to thwart the plans of God. And I thought, wow, how many times do we I mean, and, and again, Peter, what were you going to do, dude? Seriously? And I wonder how many times we don't think about what we're doing and we're actually hindering God's plans versus moving them forward. I just wonder. I just wonder. I got I to gotta take a step back and go, Lord, am I like Peter? Am I, 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 I want to I be in tune with you so I don't. And again, think about it, guys. We should be, listen, we should be an example of Christ in a very dark world. Let me ask you, are you an example in a very dark world? The way we live and the way we behave. That's how it should be. There should be no question in our lives. That's who John was. He was that messenger. Okay? Now, that's Old Testament. Now, come to the New Testament, okay? Let me show you where John is conceived. You don't have to turn there, but if you want to, it's Luke chapter 1, verse 5. The verses will be on the screen, but it says this, guys. It says, there was in the days of Herod, king of Judea, a certain priest named Zacharias. You guys see that? Of the division of Abijah. His wife was the daughters of Aaron. Her name was Elizabeth. Everybody see this? And they were both, what's that word? Righteous before God. Oh, wow. Walking in the commandments and the ordinances of the Lord blameless. This is, now, now check it out. But they had no child because Elizabeth was barren. Your attention, please, before we go on, here's what I want you to see. You have Elizabeth and Zacharias who were righteous and blameless, and yet they were barren. They were barren. They didn't have any kids. Okay? And I started to think about this, and I started to think, wow, how many times do we, guys, do we say, well, I'm a Christian, so I deserve, or I should have, or I don't understand. And here they were, and it says, it says they were righteous before God. They were blameless before God. And the one thing I bet you Elizabeth said is, please, I just want to have a baby, please. And now they're getting old. And, 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 it, and it just dawned on me. I was like, wow. The Bible says in verse 7, they had no child because Elizabeth was barren. They were both advanced in age. And so they were... Hey, let me ask you a question. Are we content in our lives to just trust Jesus where we are right now? 
Are we just content to go, hey, thank you, Lord? Or are we, are we asking God, hey, how come I don't have? You don't understand. I feel like I've been a good, a good boy, a good girl. I, I don't, listen, I want to be, I want to be like Zacharias. And I don't understand all that God does in my life, but I trust Him. I trust Him. This, this is scripture. Well, so while he was serving, guys, as a priest, okay, so Zacharias is a priest before God. That would even, that would even trip me out even more. I'm a pastor, Lord, I'm serving you. Come on, what gives? I mean, come on. I'm a pastor. Me and God, we're a little bit tight. We're tighter than you guys. No, 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 no. He's a pastor. But God has a plan. And he said, there he was, according to the custom of the priesthood. His lot fell to burn incense. And he went into the temple of the Lord. What a great opportunity. He goes, I'm going to talk to God right now. All right? And while the whole multitude of the people were praying outside at the hour of incense, then an angel of the Lord appeared to him, standing on the right side of the altar of incense. And when Zacharias saw him, he was troubled and fear fell upon him. I bet. And the angel of the Lord said to him, don't be afraid, Zacharias. Your prayer is heard and your wife Elizabeth will bear a son. And you shall call his name John. And he will, and you will have joy and gladness and many will rejoice at his birth. For he will be great in the sight of the Lord and shall drink neither wine nor strong drink. He will be filled with the Holy Spirit from his mother's womb and he will turn many of the children of Israel to the Lord their God. Wow. Zacharias. Now, now check it out. I don't know if you know this, but since Zacharias was a priest, guess what should have happened? John should have followed in, in Zacharias' footsteps. This is how they did things, okay? He should have been a priest. He should have been in the temple. He should have been learning. And that one day that Zacharias retired, John would take over, okay? This is what should have happened. But here's what I want you to see. God had other plans for John. God had other plans. Now, keep in mind, in this text, Zacharias kind of doubts this happening. You understand that, right? Now, I like that. Why? Because I know there are times in our lives when we doubt the living God in our lives and what he's doing. And I'm going, okay, I'm not the only one. Zacharias was a priest. He was walking in the temple. He's doubting. Um, so here's the thing. Listen, let me just say this. God's not afraid of your doubts. But Zacharias doubted. And guess what happened to him? He said, Zach, you dying? You, you doubting? I don't know how this is going to be. He says, by the way, you're not going to be able to talk until later. Okay? Check it out. Verse 19. It says, and the angel answered and said, I am Gabriel. Look at this. Who stands in the presence of God. This is a presence angel. This is, and, 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 and when I read that, guys, that really just touched my heart. Why? Because I, I'm not an angel, but I really want to be in God's presence. I, I want to be, I want to, I want to be in God's presence all the time. And this is, he goes, I'm Gabriel. And he says, and listen, I was sent to speak to you with these great, this glad tidings. But behold, he says, you'll be mute and not be able to speak until the day these things take place. Why? Because you didn't believe my words, which would be fulfilled in their own time. And so he's, and so I don't, I don't know if Elizabeth was like, can you talk? Seriously? Right? Now, funny story. 
my wife lost her voice a while back. Okay? Literally. It started like this, and then it went, and she's mad at me. And I'm like, right? Well, I mean, I'm like, what? And she's like, because she likes to talk. And I don't know if Zach liked to talk, but I bet his wife was like, she was either happy. I don't have to listen to him anymore. <laughs> or she was sad. And she's like, would you just say something? He's like, right? But we know that he didn't believe. Now, later on, Mary, who's pregnant with Jesus, goes to visit Elizabeth. And note what the Bible says. Guys, she walks in on Elizabeth, who's about six months pregnant. Now, check this out. It says in verse uh, 39, it says, Now Mary arose in those days and went to the hill country with haste to the city of Judah. And she entered the house of Zacharias and greeted Elizabeth. And it happened when Elizabeth heard the greetings of Mary that the babe leaped in her womb. And Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. And that's like, can you imagine? Here she comes and she's just like, oh. Now, listen, I've got a grandson uh, about to be born in a couple of months. Okay? Coming soon. But... Can you imagine Jesus walking in and then, and, and again, here's what I, here's what I want you to grasp. So both John in the womb and Elizabeth guys were filled with God's Holy Spirit. Now, the other day, yesterday, Talia was at the house and, 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 and the baby was moving and you could see her, you know, he was, but this was incredible. This was incredible. But I want you to catch something here that's so important. Okay, guys? You too, you and I, can also be filled with God's Holy Spirit as well. We should be filled with God's Holy Spirit. Imagine your life filled with the Spirit of God. Guys, think about this. Listen, the personal presence and the power of the Holy Spirit really is central to a life that pleases God. But it's also key to true Christian living. Why? Because the Bible speaks of, guys, number one, walking in the Spirit. We should be walking in the Spirit. The Holy Spirit should be guiding us in every step. Okay? We should be in constant communion with God, with the Holy Spirit. We're walking with Him. The Bible says that we need to be led by the Spirit. Are we led by the Spirit? This is, this is the, this is the word of God. Are we led by the Spirit? Why? Because, because this is, this is how we should be. No, I, I don't, because we're going to be led by a lot of things to pull us back into the world. We should be led by the Spirit. No, no, I'm not going to do that. Or, or how about this? We should be bearing the fruit of the Spirit. You go, wait a minute. You ready to step on toes? Get your toes out? You ready? How about when we get impatient? You see, the fruit of the Spirit is patience, and sometimes we get impatient. And we get impatient with the people at the, at the, at the restaurant. We get impatient with the, with the, with the grocery clerk. We get impatient with, and we get impatient with each other, and that's not bearing the fruit of being, of being patient and self-control and kind and gentle. Guys, these are some things that we need to be. You go, well, Ben, I have a question. What does what does a life look like? 
being filled with the Spirit. What does that look like in my life? I, I really want to know. Well, according to Ephesians chapter 5, verse 18, he says this, And do not be drunk with wine, but which is in dissipation, he says, but be filled with the Holy Spirit. This is what Paul tells us. He says, don't be drunk with wine. He says, but be filled with the Holy Spirit. So what does that look like? Number one, guys, your life should be full of joy. Joy. I've got joy, 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 joy down in my heart. Where? Right? Some of you know that from the old. But we should be speaking with joy. We should be singing with joy. We should be giving thanks. And be careful it's not just a commonplace in phrase. Well, how's it going? But praise the Lord. But we really don't mean praise the Lord. We should be like, oh, praise God. Praise the Lord. Wow. You know what? Another another characteristics of being filled with the Spirit, you know what it looks like in my life? Being grateful. Having a heart of gratitude. Being, th- oh, man, thank you. Thank you. This is what it looks like. For all the blessings, can I get an amen? And for all the trials we go through, we should be thankful. I'm not being thankful for a trial. No, no, no. Those are the things that help us grow. Guys, we learn more from our failures than we than we do from our successes. So it's okay if you fail. Just get up and go, okay, what did I learn? What did I learn? Guys, listen, I have the awesome privilege with Talia to coach a, a first and second grade basketball team, girls basketball team. And it's a lot like herding cats. You understand that? But at the end of the game, when we lose, I get down on one knee and I say, okay, girls, what did we learn? We should pass the ball. We should. Yes, we learn more from our failures than we do from our successes. Can I get an amen with that? I don't see you guys rejoicing. I don't rejoice in a trial. What's going on, Pastor? I'm in a trial. You know what? Most of the time I'm like this. What's going on? Trial. God doesn't love me. Everybody hates me. I guess I'll go eat worms, you know? I mean, just, that's how we are. Just me? Hey, if it's not you, you come up here, because I'm usually just the opposite. But I want to be filled because I should be grateful for the, for the blessings. Thank you, Lord. Listen, I gotta tell you, I gotta tell you a story. This past month, I have been blessed out of my socks. You understand that? So much so, I think I'm dying. You understand that? Right? Someone blesses me. I'm like, am I dying? Seriously. Because it was just like, wow. Wow. I'm thankful to God. I'm thankful for you guys. You go, what else? Well, again, guys, think about the blessings. Yes. And the trials. But let me give you another one. Listen, this is what a life looks like being filled with the Holy Spirit. Humility and submissiveness. Humility and submissiveness. Why? Because we're prone to pride. But the Holy Spirit helps us to walk in humility. Okay? I'm going to teach you something today. Okay? I'm going to teach you. This is what humility... Ready? Everybody's going to do it with me because this is what the Holy Spirit teaches us. Hosh, you ready? This is... this. Ready? This, these, are, these are some... I mean, they're hard. They're hard to say. But this is humility. You ready? Ready? Everybody repeat after me. I'm sorry. See, that wasn't hard. Ready? You ready for another one? Please forgive me. See? But that's humility because pride goes, I'm not sorry. I'm going to punch you in the nose. I think I'm bad. But humility goes, I'm sorry. Will you please forgive me? I sure messed up here. I sure did that. 
Are you okay? Is everything okay? Because, you see, Jesus told us, he told us, before we can remove the speck from your brother's eye, you got a speck? He says, take the plank out of your own eye. So we have to do a self-examination and walk in humility, and then I can go to my brother and sister and go, hey, you okay? And she's not going to look at me going, well, who are you? She's going to realize that I've got a big hole right here because I used to have a plank and that I'm qualified and humble enough to be able to help her. Isn't that what God calls us to do? Isn't that what God calls us to do? I got a big, okay, what happened? Plank got, plank removed. Yep. Yep. Think about this, guys. Put on your thinking caps. The evidence of the Spirit's control in your life is revealed in your character. The evidence, okay, of the Spirit's control in your life is revealed in your character, who you are. Those who have yielded to Christ's leadership are continually being transformed into his likeness. So far, in the de- listen to this, the degree of surrender determines the level of transformation. How much you're willing to surrender to God, okay, is going to determine how much he's going to transform you. You with me? Okay? So what you want to do? You ready? Take your heart. Say, God, I give you my whole heart. Not, not pieces. Okay? Well, Lord, I've been hurt before, so I'm afraid. I am too. I'm afraid to give God my whole heart. I was afraid to give him because I've been hurt. I've been hurt by a lot of people. I've been hurt by a lot of things. And so I, God, here's my heart. He's like, I want it all been. I was like, no, because I don't know you. But God says, no, listen, if you want to be transformed to the person that I know you can be, Gotta give it all to me. I promise. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna heal it. And I'm gonna give it back to you and it's gonna be amazing. This is what he's saying. This is what he's saying. The degree of surrender determines the level of transformation. How so? Well, think about this. The disciple, the apostle John writes this. In chapter 5, verse 35, he says, He was the burning and shining lamp, and you were willing for a time to rejoice in his light. And he goes, well, Ben, what's he saying? This is about John. John says, guys, John was a burning and shining lamp. This is who he was. He was a lamp, okay? So the term follow me is a directive to become a fully devoted follower of Jesus. You go, yes, Ben, you told us that, which means we too should be a burning and shining lamp for his kingdom. Well, what does that mean? Well, Christ is the light, and John was the lamp that kindled that light. You understand that? Okay, but it goes much deeper for us. Why? Because we have to be in God's presence in order to burn bright for him. You guys are looking at me like you don't believe me. Okay, let me take you back, right? Let's go back. Let's get in our DeLorean on our time machine, okay? Do you remember your Saturday morning cereal? That's where I used to get mine. Saturday morning cereal, okay? This is how I got my cereal, okay? I'd run to the cereal aisle. I got to pick one nothing but sugar cereal, okay? 
And I would eat that probably the first day. But nonetheless, we would also get healthy cereal that you had to... That was the... Anyways, and in there, you would get a... Do you remember? You would get a glow-in-the-dark whatever. You guys remember that? A glow-in-the-dark. Now, you'd open it from the package and you go, it's not really glowing in the dark, is it? What did we have to do? Do you remember the old days? We used to have to put it up to a lamp. This close. I mean, we practically burned our eyes, right? And then we'd run into a room and we'd, there it was. And it glowed. You guys with me? You remember that, Mel? Yeah, I see picked out Mel over there. He's like, don't talk. What's the point? That's the same thing with us, guys. The closer we walk with Jesus, the brighter we should glow. The brighter we should glow. Listen, your Bible reading, your devotion, um, the song that you're listening to, the worship song, all of these things play into you every single day as God begins to bring people be witness to. And somebody's going to come up to you and go, hey, I was thinking about this. And you go, hey, it's funny you say that. It's funny you say that. Because such and such and such and such and such. Do you guys remember last week we talked about Herod being paranoid and hostile? Do you remember that? And we asked why. Like, why would he, like, like at the announcement of Jesus, he went nuts, right? Killed, killed babies and, I mean, just hostile. And we talked about when people misunderstand God, okay? When we misunderstand who God is and all that he is in his word, that we tend to turn from him. You, you with me? Okay. Think about this. Not in my notes. This is completely free. Then we'll get back in our text. Let me see my time. Okay. David. King David. You guys remember King David? He was at home. Should have been at war, Haas. Right? You know the story. He looks down. He goes, whoa. And he sees Bathsheba naked. First mistake. Who's that? That's Bathsheba, the wife of Uriah. He didn't hear that part, did he? He just heard Bathsheba say, hey, have her come up. Now, here, 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 let me fast forward. David messed up. David blew it. David, I mean, can you relate with David? Have you ever messed up? I mean, you blew it. David had sex with her, impregnated her, and then not only that, he had her husband killed. I mean, David totally messed up. You guys with me? And I can relate with David because I've messed up a few times in my life. I've messed, I've done dumb stuff. I've said dumb stuff. I've hurt my wife. I've hurt my kids. I get it. I know, I know what it's like to be really dumb. And Nathan comes and says, Hey, Dave. Hey, Dave. Your wife's pregnant. Yeah. He says, David, you're the man. What? He says, but God's going to forgive you. He says, but listen, listen child's going to die. What did David do for the week, guys? Do you remember? He fasted and prayed, fasted and prayed, fasted and prayed for the life of the baby. And here's what jumped out and hit me just right in the, between the eyes. The baby died. And I thought, what an easy way what an easy way, guys, for David to misunderstand who God was. Because 
Raina, he said, I prayed and I fasted and I was hoped that God would be merciful, but the baby died anyway. But you know what David said? David goes, he got up, he washed his face, he began to eat, and his servants were freaked out. They were like, what are you doing? He goes, listen, he's gone. He's not going to come back to me. I'm going to go to him. But see, that was perspective. That was the right perspective on who God was and who God is. Let me ask you this. Let me ask you this, church. How many times have your prayers, quote-unquote, gone unanswered? And you've prayed and you've prayed and you've prayed and you've prayed and you feel like God's not answering them. And yet God has a bigger plan. And here's the encouragement. Just stay close to God. Even if we don't understand, you've got to stay close to him because this is what he's, this is exactly what he's, he's trying to tell you. I've got you. Now, you don't understand the big picture, but Lord, I prayed. And my baby still died. And, and, and I think about this. I think about this, guys. Because in order for David to understand God, he had to stay real close to him. Even when he messed up. But you've got to understand, we have such a beautiful picture. Why? Because think about David for just a minute. You guys ready? Think about him. When the baby died, his, his, his baby died. Now Solomon comes along, God is so great to restore, but I wonder if David lived in guilt the rest of his life because of what I did and how I messed up. But see, Jesus comes in to us and he says, I know you're guilty, but I'm going to take that guilt. And even though you mess up, I still forgive you and you can move forward. Now, back in our text, guys, there's a, there's so much more about John. You, you with me? Um, but we need to jump into our text or we won't get through this whole day. Um, so this is who John is, crazy guy, but let's see his message. You guys ready? Chapter three, verse one through three says this. But in the days, but those days, John the Baptist came preaching in the wilderness of Judea and saying, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. For this is he who had spoken by the prophet Isaiah, saying, The voice of the one crying in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord to make his path straight. So here's what we know about John. He comes just, I mean, you, you guys got a picture of him. He comes preaching in the wilderness of Judea. This is not typical, nor normal behavior, okay? Remember, John should have followed in the footsteps of his father, but instead he goes out preaching in the wilderness. He should have been in the temple, and I can imagine Zacharias going, dude, what are you doing? Son, no, ah, this is what God's calling me to do. No, you're crazy. And, and, but he goes. Now, here's what I find interesting. It's interesting enough that this was a barren wasteland, guys, excluding along the western shore of the, of the Dead Sea. So he's out there in the middle of nowhere. And what's he saying? Here's his message. It's repent. It's Repent. Now, another interesting fact is the first words that Jesus speaks when he begins his ministry is actually the same words. That's actually found in chapter 4, verse 17. Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. You're like, whoa. So we know if John the Baptist said it and Jesus said it, it's, it's, it's important. Okay? But we have to understand what it means. Repentance means to change your mind, your direction in life that bears fruit 
worthy of a changed life. It means to change your direction. Now, here's what we think repentance means. We're walking this way, right? We think it's not a 180. We think it's a 360. So we go like this. Ooh, and we keep going. That's a, no, no, no. Repentance means I'm walking in this direction. And I say, oh, this is not the direction God wants me to do. I'm going to repent. And so I turn and I go back the right way. You, you got that, right? And this is what he's saying. And you go, well, what was the reason? Well, the reason is because the kingdom of heaven is at hand. He's saying, listen, repent. Repent. You go, well, what does it mean, the kingdom of heaven? Well, if you're taking note, it means the rule of heaven is here. The rule of heaven. Okay? And you go, okay, but I'm not sure. Well, let's do some work then. Okay? Because this is foreign to us when we say the kingdom of heaven is at hand. The kingdom of heaven is revealed in three aspects, guys, here in Matthew. You go, what's that? Well, number one, no, it's at hand. It's right now. The kingdom is offered to the person of the king whom John is the forerunner. He's here. He's here. And we note that the kingdom of heaven is presented, actually, check this out, seven mysteries used by Jesus called parables. So we go, it's at hand. The second thing is, again, this is how it, this is the mysteries he's used, okay? And he uses parables. And these parables are truth called mysteries. These parables present truth about the kingdom of present. You go, how so? Well, let me give them to you quickly, okay? We see that they're going to be the parable of the sower. That's going to be the kingdom. The parable of the wheat and the tares. Now, let me just give you my opinion. I believe that God is separating the wheat from the tares even today, okay? I believe there's a lot of people who um, claim to be Christians. They might even smell like Christians, they might even talk like Christians, but now you can see a heart that's changed. And you can't believe it. Wow. Well, that's, that, that's my opinion. Okay? Then you see the parable of the mustard seed. You see the parable of the leaven. The parable of the hidden treasure. Number six, the parable of the great price. And then last but not least, the parable of the dragnet. So these seven parables, guys, that are so important. And I know I, I, know I went really fast. But these are going to what, guys? These are going to uh, be presented. This is the kingdom. The kingdom of heaven is like. The kingdom of heaven is like. And then you could go through. So what, what Matthew's trying to do is he's trying to connect so you understand. If you're a farmer, you go, yeah, I get it. If you own, I mean, if you're a baker, right? The leaven. He says, this is what the kingdom of heaven is at. And number three, he says, the kingdom of heaven will be fulfilled more likely after the second coming of Jesus. Why? Because he's going to rule and reign on earth. The kingdom of heaven will be here. Now, this trips us up. And you go, why? Because that's hard to fathom, is it not? That Jesus will be ruling from Jerusalem and, and, wow. Wow. Do you remember just a few minutes earlier I said that God called us to be a, to be a messenger? But notice what John says here. Do you see this? He says, he is, for he was the one, right? In those days he came preaching and he says this. He was the what? The voice crying in the wilderness. Now, here's what we need to realize, right? Grasp this. John says, I'm just a voice. I'm just a voice, okay? Today, guys, today's church, we should simply be a voice. You go, what do you mean? Well, the gospel needs to be lived out, 
okay, by the way we behave, but it also needs to be spoken. We need to, we need to share. We need to have a voice. Why? Because, because, okay, we live in West Texas, and I love West Texas people. They are so nice. They're so cordial. You can meet a friend at the grocery store, no problem. You can, I mean, seriously, how you doing? I mean, this is West Texas. Love, love, love the people here. The problem is, is that we could, we could often mistake the good old boy West Texas cordial being good for the gospel. Unless people know that we have been transformed by Jesus, then we're just good old boys. We're just good old friends. We're just, we're just good West Texas people. Unless we have a voice. And here's the question they'll ask you, Miss Feathers. They'll say, so why are you like that? Or why did you do that? And Miss Feathers has a chance to go, well, I was, I was brought up properly. Or she goes, you know what? Jesus changed my life. And so I've got to tell you, this is what God's doing in me, and I wanted to bless you. You get it? This is the gospel. Wait, wait, wait. You said what? Jesus changed your life? How so? Well, you, you realize that I've always haven't been like that. You know, I was da 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 Jesus came in. He changed me. You've got to understand. But I go to church. Well, I'm not talking about going to church. I'm talking about a relationship with Jesus. I'm talking about he sent his son to die for you, to train you, to heal you, to transform you. Well, I, I hadn't heard that before. She's a voice. We're, we've got to have a voice, guys. And God will put it in you when you're supposed to speak. You've, all, you've, heard, that, you've heard that saying, right? Do you remember that song? Silence is golden. Go- Do you remember that song? The old, only the old people remember that song. I don't remember that song, but I, I looked it up. It says, silence is golden, right? Remember that? But my eyes still see? Well, when it comes to the gospel, we can't be silent. We can't be silent because John says, I'm a voice crying in the wilderness. You go, Ben, what should we be, what, what should we be saying? In this day and age, guys, we should be proclaiming the way of the Lord. Nathalie told me this morning, hey, we're in the last 30 seconds of this thing. Now's not the time to be playing around. Don't let the enemy get inside your heart. This is not, we're in the last 30 seconds, man. Okay, 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 let's be ready, let's be ready. Mike, what should we do? We should enjoy life. Fellowship, do life together, have a blast, but be ready. Be ready. Listen, the Essenes used to gather together and they went up to the mount, the hilltop and they waited for Jesus to come back. I'm not suggesting we do that. Let's just go find a place and we'll all wait for the Lord. But I'm suggesting that we continue to do life together, but we're ready. We're ready. At my house, I just threw a bunch of seed down for grass. Okay? Worked really hard. Mowed that out, raking and everything, right? I'm doing it for somebody else. You go, why? Because I'm going to be gone. I'm, they, you know what I mean? But while I'm here, I can enjoy it. Right, right, Joe? We'll have, we'll have good grass and the neighbors won't call the cops. You know what I'm saying? Just seeing if you're awake. Remember Isaiah. Isaiah is the one who said, Isaiah 40, verse 3 says, The voice crying in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord, make straight the desert, the highway of our God. You know what they used to do? You know what a prep- preparation do? When the king would go down a path, the, the guy who would go first 
would make sure that there were no rocks. He'd go through the path and he'd take the rocks away and he'd make straight the path. So when the king came, he wouldn't be like, you know, and falling off and all that stuff. That's what John does. But that's what we do. Guys, we're going forth and we're clearing rocks. How do we do that? How do we clear rocks? Ready? Jot this down in your notes. Encouraging each other. Be an encouragement. Life is hard as enough as it is. And people, they're falling all over the place. God's called us to be an encouragement. God's calling us to lift each other up. God's calling to say, you're going to make it. God's calling us to be a broski to each other. Right? God's calling us to be, to, to do that. Listen, God's also calling us to when a brother gets off, off, hey, hey, where are you going? Hey, come back. Come back. Guys, listen, be careful that we don't just shoot band-aid verses to people. Hey, man, I'm struggling. I'm having a really hard time. Well, John 14, 20. But that, no, listen, I understand. I've been there. I know. Have we not? Have we not struggled so that we can help each other in the struggle? And you know what? Part of the time is just doing this. Do you have any words of wisdom? Ah, listen. I'm just here. I'm just going to, I'll just listen. Just listen. How many of you ever felt better after you just you were just able to confess something you didn't want you didn't want advice you didn't want to be told how you were doing it or doing it wrong or anything you just you just felt better it's like oh, i got that off my chest now i'm better and sometimes we just need to be an ear to listen we just need to be an ear Say, all right all right all right Now, let's notice description, verse 4. Now, John himself, notice, was clothed in camel's hair with a leather belt around his waist, and he ate food. What was his food, guys? His food was locust and wild honey. Okay? Think about this. This was not a typical diet. This was not. Okay? You didn't go to your local Mexican store. Hey, give me the locust burrito, please. Uh, no beans. You're right? That's not what he... I mean, this was just crazy. This is crazy. Guys, but this was the dress and the diet with the shrill cry in the wilderness. He would have recalled the days of Elijah. He would have said, this is what a prophet does. This is what a prophet is. Right? But I think about that. I think about what he was eating and how he looked. But why would that be so crazy? I'll tell you why. Because John was warning the people, the Messiah is coming. The Messiah is coming. Here's my opinion. It seems like more people back then were more prone to listen than today. Why? How do you know? Because all of Judea was coming out to him. All, they're, all, they're going to say, you've got to see this dude, man. He's crazy. It's, it's amazing. But, but what's, his, what's his message? He's saying, repent. Repent. Well, let me give you the reason. Notice, then Jerusalem, all Judea, and the region around the Jordan went out to him. And they were what, guys? Baptized by him in the Jordan, confessing their sins. Why is this important? Okay, Jewish mindset. Everybody got the Jewish mindset on? Okay. The Jews baptized Gentile converts. Okay? You converted to Judaism, so they would be... Okay, you're, you're a convert, but this is different. Okay? 
John is baptizing Jewish people. What? Yeah. You see, his baptism was authorized from heaven. We're going to see that here in, in Matthew 21, chapter 21. It was not something that John devised or borrowed. It was a baptism, you ready, of repentance, looking forward to the Messiah coming. And so all of a sudden he's going, hey, to the Jewish people, here we go. You're being baptized, not as a convert, but to repentance. You've walked away from your first love. You've left Jesus at the altar. And now you're serving other gods. And John's coming, listen. And so they're coming out going, what? The Meshach is here? The Messiah? John, I want to be baptized. I want to be baptized. His baptism right here, guys, fulfilled two purposes. You go, what are they, Ben? He prepared the nation for Christ, and he presented Christ to the nation. That's what he was doing. Okay? Check this out. But when he saw many of the Pharisees and the Sadducees coming to his baptism, he said to them, Oh, welcome to church. So glad you're here. Wow, come in. Do you want a donut and coffee? You go, Ben, that's not what my Bible says. No, you know what John says? You brood of vipers! Who warned you to flee from the wrath that's come? John, dude, chill out. You realize that the Pharisees were the most influential Jewish sect of the time of Christ. So you got the Pharisees, man, the religious dudes. You got the Sadducees. See, the Sadducees were a little bit different. They, they were mainly made up of the priesthood, okay? And they were the upper class. These were the wealthy. These are the ones who called the shots. These are the Sadducees. But they didn't believe in the resur- resurrection. And they, didn't, they didn't believe in future punishment. They didn't believe any of that. And this is why they were sad, you see? Because they were Sadducees. Never give up a chance to tell a good joke. Guys, now, the two groups here, they never united on anything. They never, they were never like BFF, you know what I'm saying? Except right here. They're coming out to see what in the world is going on. What's going on with John? Hey, did you hear? Hey, Haas, did you hear about this dude? He's in camel's hair, he's eating bugs and honey. I mean, he's out there, but, but everybody's coming to him. I, we gotta check it out. Why? Because he's gonna take our people from us. He's gonna take, he's gonna change. Uh-uh. You see, we need, and, and, I mean, it's just, that's what they thought, that's what they were mad about Jesus. Jesus, and all, all are coming to him. All are coming to him. Guys, they would be offended that John was baptizing for repentance. Okay? They would say, whoa, 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 we don't need repentance. We're from Father Abraham. He's our father. We have no sin. See, they fell on the merits of their fathers, especially Abraham. Even, right? Because they were all, were all Israelites. Well, you know what John says? John says, therefore, he says, bear fruits worthy of repentance. Now, let me just stop right there. It's so important for us to apply this. Why? Because if we're going to repent, you should bear fruits worthy of that repentance. Don't just say, I repented. How many times have you heard somebody say, I'm sorry, and they continue to do it? I'm sorry, that's not repentance, is it? 
Repentance means, I'm sorry, I'm not going to do this. I'm not going to do this. And he says, and don't think, do not think to say to yourselves, we have Abraham as our father. For I say to you, God is evil to raise up children to Abraham from these stones. And even now the axe is laid to the root of the trees. Therefore, every tree which does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. I indeed baptize you with water unto repentance. But he who is coming after me is mightier than I, whose sandals I am not worthy to carry. He's going to baptize you with what? The Holy Spirit and with fire. Another baptism. Another baptism. Now, notice. John mentions two other baptisms. The baptism of the Spirit and the baptism of the fire. Now, the baptism of the Spirit came at Pentecost. Acts chapter 1, verse 5. And note that Jesus said nothing about fire. Today, when a sinner trusts Christ, he's born again and immediately baptized by the Spirit and the body of Christ in the church. The contrast, the baptism of fire, refers to, check this out, future judgment, as Matthew explains in chapter 3, verse 12. So you go, oh, oh, how so? Look at verse 12. The winnowing fen is at hand. He will thoroughly cleanse out his threshing floor, gather the wheat into the barn, and he will burn up the chaff with unquenchable fire. Wow. Wow. Guys, we can learn a lot from John the baptizer. We can learn a lot. He's calling us. The message of the gospel is so clear. Why? Because the gospel not only saves us, listen to me, The gospel should transform us. The gospel should walk with us every single day. And the problem is so many people have heard the gospel and they've taken one half step and said, well, I just want to, I just want to go to heaven. So I'm going to say this, but I please want to live my own life. And God's like, no, the gospel wants to do so much more in your life. He wants to be so much more. So he's going to baptize. Well, what do you mean? Well, let's close with this. Okay, let's close. Y'all don't get scared. We got, we're good. Join me here in the year of 2021. Okay. Let me say this to you. You ready? Listen to me. Don't, don't put your Bibles away. Just listen. The kingdom of God is at hand today. It's right here. The rule of heaven is coming down and God is calling us to repent. Okay, he's not asking, you're already saved. If you've given your life to Jesus, you're saved. But he's calling us to repent from our sinful ways. He's calling us to repent from those things that are thwarting the plans of God then, or, or hindering the plans of God then to moving it forward. Okay? I believe he's asking us right now to come back to the place of holiness and humility. I can't do it without the Holy Spirit. I can't do it without Him helping me. I need to come back to that. You go, Ben, what are you doing? Okay, well, let me ask you this. How about today? How about today, guys, that we make a commitment to follow Jesus as His disciple? We say, okay, that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to be His disciple. I'm going to come back to holiness and humility. I want to I learn 
I want to learn to live in his ways and to live these last days bringing glory to God. You ready? What's our takeaway? You ready? Here's our takeaway. Number one, he's calling us because we're messengers. He's calling us to be a messenger. Are we a messenger? He's asking us, guys, to be a voice, to tell others. God will give you the right time. He'll give you the opportunity. He's calling us to be that messenger. Okay? He's asking us the best way to be filled with his spirit is to what? The best way to be filled is the way we live, the way we conduct ourselves. Pastor, am I going to blow it? Yeah. Am I going to be awful and ugly sometimes? Yeah. But that's where he says, repent. Oh, I'm so sorry. You know when, you, when, you know when it's Thursday and you've had a long week and it's Thursday and the checkout lady is just not moving fast and you could feel the temperature, right? God's calling, hey, it's okay. It's okay. We always have to be on our game, guys, through the power of the Holy Spirit because that's exactly when you're needed. Hi, you okay? You doing all right? How can I pray for you? I understand. I understand. I was thinking about a pastor who did that. Stood in the line. Everybody was complaining. This lady was this lady was crying. She was messing up. She was overcharging, undercharging. The line was so long. Finally, the pastor got up to her and he said, "Are you okay?" That's. I understand. It's okay. You're fine. How can I pray for you? And you know what that lady said? That lady said, I'm sorry. I'm such a mess. They just took my daughter to the hospital. I can't leave. I don't know what's going on. I'm, I'm just a wreck. And he said, well, let me pray for you real quick. And that made all the difference in the world. That's what God's calling us to do, guys. This is, this is why we're the body of Christ. He's calling us to be that voice, to be that messenger, to be that beacon of hope. And you go, how so? To be the light. That's all he's asking us to be is the lamp. I'm sorry, he's the light. We're the lamp. That's what he's calling us to do. Amen? Amen? Amen. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, you are amazing. God, I, I, I couldn't even imagine to think of all of this. That you're speaking to us, Lord, through John the baptizer, the voice preparing. God, today, may we hear all that we needed to hear God, if there's anybody here that needs to repent, that just says, God, I have, I have walked away from you. I have blown it. I'm a mess of, Lord, please. That, Lord, your spirit, God. Lord, I don't want anyone here to be a brood of viper, God. But that, Lord, that they would, they would come to repentance. Myself included. And, Lord, that starts even now, God, with a heart surrendered to you. And so with every eye closed and every head bowed, maybe there's somebody here, maybe there's somebody watching online that's just, the Lord has already been speaking to you. He has been speaking to you since you walked in the church, speaking to you through the worship, and even now is speaking to you that, um, that he loves you. And you've been questioning him. You've been wondering if God really loves you. And his answer is that he loves you very much. And that he's standing with his arms open wide and he's asking you to come home. And that you've been running from him. You've been running from him.
He knows every tear that you've cried at night wondering how you ended up in this place. And, um, and I want to be right with God today. I want to surrender my life. I want to give Him all of it. I, want, I don't want any part back. I want Him to have it all. You're right, Pastor. Uh, I've been running from God and, and I've been questioning. I've been doubting. Like, like, like Zacharias, I've doubted His love for me at times. But, but I know today that He loves me. Oh, how He loves me. You go, Ben, what do I have to do? Listen, if you're here today or you're watching online or you're listening on the podcast, would you just, would you just lift up your hand and say, Pastor, pray for me? I want all that God has for me. God is speaking to you, and so that's you right now. All I have to do is lift up. Nobody's going to see you, but God's going to see you. He's going to see your, your beautiful heart and say, Pastor, that's me. I surrender my life to God. I want him. Hey, God bless you. Anyone else? Anyone else? Just, just again, this is between you and the Lord. This is the last, the last 30 seconds, and you're just saying, hey, I want Jesus. I want all of him in my life, in my heart. I'm ready to commit to him. God hears your prayer right now. Just lift up your hand. If you're watching online, I can't see you, but just lift up your hand and say amen. Amen, I want God. Father, I pray for all those hands that were raised. Lord, I can't see um, all those that are listening, that maybe they're just lifting their hands. I pray that you would speak to them today, Lord. Come into their hearts, save them. God, you're the only way. You're the way, the truth, and the life, and no one goes to heaven except through you. Father, I pray for the church right now. That, Lord, that we would be disciples of you. This, this small group right here, God, would say, yes, I'm going to be a disciple of Jesus. I'm going to follow him all the days of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. We hope you enjoyed today's message. We'd love to hear from you and see you in person at the church. You can find our contact information, location, and even give a donation at calvarychapellubbock.church. We'll see you next time on the podcast. Until then, may God bless you and your family.